We're going to sing a song about the bread of heaven. And I want the bread of heaven of the Lord to feed me until I want no more. And if you want to do that too, why don't you help us sing this? Talking about the bread of heaven to feed me. Bread of heaven. Bread of heaven. Feed me. Bread of heaven. Bread of heaven. Feed me. Bread of heaven. Bread of heaven. Feed me. Till I want no more bread. Bread of heaven. Feed me. Listen. Guide me, oh thou great Jehovah, pilgrim to this Maryland. I am weak, but See y'all. Bread of heaven. See me. Bread of heaven. Bread of heaven. Beyond me, oh thou great over pilgrim. Till I want no more. 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 Till
Till I want no Till I want no you for a few minutes from the simple subject, unwise choices. Unwise choices. In this text, the writer of Hebrews hearkens back to Genesis in order to share with us an important message about priorities. In the story of Esau and Jacob, we see brothers who were raised in the same house by the same parents, and yet their outcomes were quite different because when it came down to the thing that mattered the most, Esau made an unwise choice. Hebrews was written around A.D. 65 to stabilize spiritually Jewish Christians who were contemplating a return to Orthodox Judaism. These people were put off by the severity of the suffering they were subjected to because of their service to Christ. They were ready to give up on Jesus, if making such a choice would result in relief from their suffering. So the purpose of the writing is to prevent them from making this mistake. It reminds us of the peril of making unwise choices prompted by negative circumstances. The power of negative circumstances goes beyond just the immediate discomfort to which we are subjected. There is collateral damage that must be considered. And sometimes the collateral damage is worse than the direct impact that the negative circumstances make. Pain is a negative circumstance. When we are hurting, whether the pain is physical or emotional, all we want is for the pain to stop. But in our effort to stop the pain, we sometimes choose to engage in behavior that helps us in the short run, but destroys us in the long run. Poverty is a negative circumstance. Nobody wants to be poor. But in our efforts to relieve ourselves of poverty, we often choose to embrace ideas that promise much but deliver little. Unwise choices have led to many a tragedy in life. And and we have to be careful of the choices that we make because one unwise choice can undo many years of hard work and sacrifice. To support his position, the, the writer of Hebrews cites 
an unwise choice that his readers would have been familiar with. The one who made the unwise choice was a man named Esau, and it involved his brother Jacob. The background for the story is found in Genesis chapters 25 through 27. Jacob and Esau were the twin sons of Isaac and Rebekah. But because Esau was born first, he enjoyed greater privileges than his brother. Included in these greater privileges was that Esau stood to inherit twice what his brother would inherit. But as the writer of Hebrews points out, Esau did not properly appreciate his blessing. And church, it reminds us that we should appreciate our blessing. None of us has been blessed in the same way, but all of us have been blessed with something. But no matter what we've been blessed with, if we fail to appreciate our blessing, the results can be tragic. Samson was blessed with superhuman strength but he didn't appreciate his blessing, and the result was slavery, torture, and death. Solomon was blessed with great wisdom, wealth, and power, but he didn't appreciate his blessing, and the result was the demise of his kingdom. God has given us all kinds of talents and abilities. But if we fail to appreciate our blessing, we will suffer tragic consequences. Esau didn't appreciate God's blessing. He was a rash man. The text says he was given to his impulses and he surrendered to his appetites. And church, it's always dangerous when we impulsively follow our appetites. That's never been a good combination. All of us have appetites. We have appetites for power. We have appetites for personal pleasure. We have appetites for economic comfort. We have appetites for notoriety and fame and influence. And having appetites ain't bad. But when you let your appetite control you, rather than you control the appetite, it can lead to tragic consequences. Esau was an impulsive man who didn't exercise discipline over his impulses, and one day his impulses caused him to make an unwise choice. He got hungry, and all he could think about was satisfying his hunger. Now, Esau's brother Jacob was a man who knew how to profit on people who can't control their appetites. Jacob had cooked a stew of vegetables and meat, and Esau was so hungry that he begged Jacob to give him some of the stew. And Jacob refused to give it to him. But seizing on an opportunity, he said, I will sell it to you. I will trade it 
for your birthright. I want you to see that Jacob didn't steal Esau's birthright. Esau was so obsessed by his desire to relieve his hunger that he sold his birthright. And for what? A plate of food. He became disunited from his birthright for a momentary satisfaction. And the writer of Hebrews says that when he came to himself, when he realized what he had done, he was brokenhearted. He was disillusioned. He was bitter. He was filled with despair. His eyes filled up with tears. He looked for a way to back out. But tears couldn't change what he had done. A broken heart couldn't change what he had done. Being sorry couldn't change what he had done. Esau made an unwise choice, and now he had to live with the consequences of the choice that he made. And the writer of Hebrews uses this illustration to warn his readers of the danger of the choice that they were considering. He wants them to see that while it may provide them with temporary relief from the suffering that they were enduring, it would lead to tragic consequences down the road that no amount of regret could undo. When Esau sold his birthright. He showed a lack of appreciation. When Jacob made the offer to Esau to, to sell his birthright, Esau's response essentially was, go ahead and take it because it ain't doing me any good. And just like Esau, a lot of us are selling our birthright because we don't see the value in what we have. But I stopped by to tell you today that selling your birthright is a sign of a lack of appreciation. Shiloh, when you have appreciation for the Lord, then he'll make Christ our priority no matter what. Appreciation is having an understanding of how things could have been if it were not for the Lord. And if you've lived a little while, if you've been in some tough situations and you know that nobody got you out but the Lord, it ought to give you a better appreciation of just how important it is to have Jesus in your life. Let me ask you this morning, have you ever gotten yourself in a crack that you couldn't get you out of? Did you ever think that you were smarter than the average bear and that you knew what you were doing and before you knew it, you were in a mess and the mess was getting bigger and bigger moment by moment and the Lord swooped in, picked you up, turned you around, planted your feet on a solid foundation. I don't understand how some of us can look at what God has done for us and still have no appreciation for what it is to have the Lord in your life. You didn't wake you up this morning. No, no. 
God did that. You didn't keep health and strength. I don't care how much you exercise. I don't care how much you run. I don't care how many calisthenics you do. You don't keep health in your body. You don't keep sanity in your mind. God does that. And yet as good as he has been to us, it's a lack of appreciation that we would be willing to give up our birthright for such a little thing as the things that the world tries to take. More than a lack of appreciation, Esau's choice indicated that he had more confidence in himself than he did in God. Esau's birthright was not coincidental. It was a gift from God. But by the choice that he made, Esau was saying more than my birthright ain't doing me any good, but he was essentially saying, I don't believe that my birthright can give me what I need. I have a need right now that's urgent, and, and my birthright ain't doing anything to help me meet my urgent need right now. Church, don't make that mistake. Don't become unwise. Be careful not to let the urgency of your need cause you to lose confidence in your faith. I don't care what neighborhood you live in. I don't care what your 401k says you have. Truth of the matter is, you ain't got nothing but the Lord. All you have is your faith. And your faith ought to have a track record that lets you know just how valuable it is. You ought to have something that you can fall back on that lets you know that if it were not for the Lord on your side, where would you be. The same writer of Hebrews in the 11th chapter talked about how faith transformed the patriarchs of old, how it transformed Abraham and how it transformed David, how it transformed Enoch and how it transformed Noah. And after he called the role of the faithful, he says to us at the beginning of the 12th chapter, since we are surrounded, by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that has been marked out for us. How do we do that, writer? Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. And now he's seated at the right hand of God. Church, that's the key. Fix your eyes on Jesus. There's a whole lot of stuff out here that's trying to get your attention. But if you fix your eyes on Jesus then you'll see a way maker where others said there was no way. If you fix your eyes on Jesus, you'll have peace in the midst of confusion. If you fix your eyes on Jesus, you'll have joy in the midst of despair. Fix your eyes 
on Jesus and he'll help you deal with the urgent moments of your life. Well, the final thing I want to tell you is that when Esau sold his birthright, he lost everything. The writer says after he sold his birthright, when he tried to claim his blessing, he was rejected. That means that because of an unwise choice, he lost it all. Now, the record shows that, that Esau prospered for a little while. He enjoyed days of success and pleasure for a little while. But in the end, Esau was lost. Obadiah tells us in his prophecy what the Lord's final word was to Esau. He said, the pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights. You who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? Let me tell you who can. I can. Though you roar like a lion and though you soar like an eagle, though you make your nest among the stars, I will bring you down. You will be terrified. And everyone in Esau's mountain will be cut down for the slaughter. As I close today, church, you, you need to know that a life without Jesus, a life where faith in him is not our priority, is an unwise choice that will end in destruction. But while it was too late for Esau, I'm glad that it's not too late for us. If you come to him, he will receive you. If you reach out toward him, he'll reach back toward you. Come to me all that are weak and a heavenly burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Somebody in here made an unwise choice, and you've been struggling and suffering ever since. Well, get on the right track. Come on back to Jesus. He's able to make a way out of nowhere. He's able to make rough places plain. He's able to make crooked places straight. He'll pick you up and he'll turn your life around. Him writer put it this way. Some folk would rather have houses and land. Some folk choose silver and gold. These things they treasure because they forget about their soul. But I've decided to make Jesus my choice. Now, he doesn't fool anybody. He doesn't lie to anybody. He lets you know the road gets rough sometimes. The going gets tough. The, the hills become hard to climb, but I, my testimony is I started out a long time ago, and there's no doubt in my mind I've decided I've decided, I've decided, I've decided
to make Jesus my choice my choice my heart fixer my way maker my door opener my joy in sorrow my peace in confusion my hope in despair he's my choice he's my choice he's my